the word is found in Acts chapter 2, and we're going to be reading uh, verse 1 through 2, okay? It's only two short verses. For those who know me know that I stutter sometimes, and my speech isn't so good, but God will call those who, who, who don't have it all together, who, who are not qualified, and he will use them and fill them and do his purpose as he pleases, amen? So Acts chapter 2, verse 1 uh, through 2, it says, When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like a blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. I'm going to read it one more time and then you can have your seat this morning. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place and suddenly a sound like a blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. Amen. You all may be seated this morning. If I had a title for this sermon, it would be called Fill the House. Tell somebody in this room next to you, tell them, Fill the House. Fill the House. The Lord has been recently ministering to me uh, in the last few weeks about, uh, about the word fill. I can't explain it. I can't understand it. But the word fill has been very prominent in my life in the last few weeks. And everything I did, everything I saw was just reminding me of, of the word fill. Uh, now, I just, just a quick uh, background story. I'm going to give you three examples of what my mind has been exposed to in the last few weeks. Just regular things in life, just regular memories or whatever it might be. Just reminding me of that word fill. Uh, recently, I just got a new refrigerator and, and I love this refrigerator. It was gifted to me by my beautiful sister. Thank you, Tanya. Uh, this, this refu- is, I don't love it because of the color. The color is nice. It is great. Uh, and and maybe, maybe it does have more space, and that's great. But, but the, the real fact that I love this refrigerator is simply because it has a place where I could put my cup and grab some water and also put my cup and grab some ice. I've never had that feature. I had an old refrigerator. <laughs> somebody say upgrade. Come on, somebody. That's, that, it, was, it, was, it was old to somebody else but new to me. So God, God be the glory. I got a new refrigerator. And I, was, and I was just like, man, the filling again, the fill. Uh, here it goes again. And then um, on, my way, uh, on my way back home from work, uh, the little gas light goes on. I just, you know, been so busy wa- wa- working back and forth and doing so many things. The little gas light goes on. And, you know, I said, I'll just do it in the morning before work. Number one, I just want to let you know if there's something after Jesus you take from this message is never go to sleep with your tank empty because you will be late in the morning. All right. So uh, and I just I, that's just a testimony of myself. And, and just two more examples. I was uh, as I'm getting older, I'm learning that the hair of my head is no longer that full. So. I put, I started, my, my, my fiance bought me some oil to put on my head, and it just reminded me the Lord anoint my head with oil. Psalms 23, hit my cup, runneth over. All these things that I started thinking about, and I had one last memory, and the last memory was when I was in, in the military, some, that's something that they like to emphasize is to hydrate, hydrate, hydrate. And it's something they say that you have to drink 8 to 12 canteens a day. I can still hear the voice in my head. And, and they said, if you wait till you're thirsty, that means you're already dehydrated. And all these things, just the Lord started ministering to me as I was reading his word, and it just came coming to my mind. And I had just preached about two weeks ago, and I was like, okay, I wasn't expecting to preach, but the Lord has already been ministering to me about the filling. And the pastor had asked me, Pastor Zika said, hey, uh, would, you, would you be willing to, to preach this Sunday? And I said, absolutely, I already have the message. I already know what the Lord wants to say. And 
Even though I knew what he wanted to say, I didn't know everything he wanted to say. So I had to go into, to, to, to go into his word and go deeper. And, 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 and something that I do know that the Lord wants to do in this house today is that the Lord does want to fill his house. And it's not just in the amounts of people. It's not just the chair numbers. God does desire for this house to be full. But more than all, the, the Lord desires for his church to be filled with his spirit. Uh, beyond, going, uh, beyond going filling every chair and maxing out, we still got a whole bunch of chairs there that we know that the Lord is going to fill. But beyond that, we want to we rest assured the people of God that before we focus on, 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 on numbers, we want to focus on the Spirit of God being in people. People being filled, not so much the chairs. The chairs are nice, but you'll be surprised so many churches in America who are filled and, and packed out and mega churches who are full of people, but they're not full of the Holy Spirit. And there's nothing worse than to go into a church and not find the fruits of the Spirit, not find love, not find uh, patience, not, not find kindness. There's nothing worse than going into a place where God is supposed to be found and he's not there. Doing all the right things, singing all the right songs, but the Spirit of God is not there. And I say, God, I pray that we would never be a church that would be so full and empty at the same time. God, I pray that the day that we are so full of ourselves that you would close us down. Because it's never about us, it's about us being filled with you and what we can do with you and through you. That is the, the main objective of the house of God, is to be filled with the Spirit of God. It is possible to live knowing Christ and not be filled with His Spirit. It is possible to be doing ministry and not be filled with His Spirit. It is possible to be a good person and not be filled with His Spirit. I, I, I Don't worry, I already amen and backpat myself all day. I, I'm not expecting anybody to applaud me because I know that this is a real reality. And we cannot afford to be uh, empty and not, uh, and not be filled by the Holy Spirit daily, for he should be our daily provision. We should be receiving from the outpouring of the Holy Spirit every single day. The moment you feel that you can do life on your own and you can do life in your own terms and only is a day that you have fallen short. And understanding that your life is not your own, that you cannot do this life without Christ. And if you do do it, you're living an empty life. And as we go back, if we go back to the, the book of beginnings, the book of Genesis, we see that the creator Yahweh, in the beginning, he created all the heavens and the earth. He created, he created, uh, he created all creation, right? But while he was created, it says that the world was without shape, shape or form. It had no shape. It had no form inside of it. Not only did he shape it and form it, but he also filled it. It said that it was empty and void. So, so not only did he form the earth and the world, he also filled it. And he filled the creation. He filled it in the skies. He put the birds in the sky. He had the light, the skies, the animals, the land, the sea creatures. And not only did he fill it, but he also gave everything a purpose. So God forms it. God fills it. And God gives it a purpose. How many people know here today that, that God does not just form anything and not give it a purpose? Everything God creates has a purpose and a reason behind it. 
And the word of God says that, that it came in the book of Genesis. It says, that, it says, let us make man in our image, in our likeness, so they can rule all over creation. Genesis chapter 2, verse 7 says, the Lord formed man from the dust of the ground. And what it says, it says, he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. He filled the, the man that was formed with the breath of life. And that man became a living being. For those people who don't know, that man's name was Adam. He formed it. He filled it. He gave it a purpose. And if you need more evidence about this, uh, this understanding, just look into the scriptures in Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5. It says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I have appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Formed, filled in the womb, gave his life purpose. In case you're wondering today if you have a purpose or if God has something for you, the answer is yes. We know that God doesn't do something for no reason. God doesn't create without a purpose. He is engineered. He has a master plan. It has to function the way he created it to function. And we all must know that we are all here for a reason. The Lord wants to fill us, but not just to get by. He desires for us to continuously live full lives. The Lord took me to the book of Acts and reminded me about the most important filling. It wasn't, it wasn't, when, when, when they, when, it wasn't breaking of bread or drinking of wine. It wasn't the, the, uh, fulfilling the desires of the heart or wasn't feelings. It was being filled by the Holy Spirit. If there's ever a most important outline in the Bible is, by, is this right here. It's being filled by the Holy Spirit. Throughout scriptures, we see the lives of the disciples who followed Jesus. We see them follow him through his journey. Say they leave what they, everything they have, they leave, they follow this, this Jesus figure, they, this Christ, the Messiah. They follow him because they believe that he is, he is the, the one that was promised to them. So they reject everything. They leave everything. They forsake everything. They follow to follow Jesus. And what happens? In that following, they were being formed into what he was getting ready to do in their life. They were being formed in their mindset, in their understanding of who Christ was. They were being formed in their understanding that the, the, Jesus was teaching them truth. When Jesus was getting ready to prepare them, he was preparing them in truth and scriptures and understanding. And, and he was also preparing them to be filled. Jesus was forming them. And getting ready to change their old mindsets, their old wineskins, their old understandings. So that they could be ready to receive the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. John 16 verse 7 says this. But very truly I tell you, it is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go... I will send him to you. Jesus promised an advocate. For those who don't know, the advocate is the Holy Spirit. It says in some other translations, the comforter. He will send you a comforter. He will send you to be someone with you. His spirit. And 
Jesus meant that the presence of the work of the Holy Spirit would actually be better for believers than, than, than the physical bodily presence of Jesus. Now, 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 now I, before you guys throw stones at me, I'm not saying that it was, it was bad to have Jesus with them. But Jesus was telling them, it's better that I leave so I could be with you all. Because for our journey, he was walking with multitudes and he took these 12 disciples with them. But he, he didn't just want to be with these 12 disciples. He wanted to be with the world. For God so loved the world. It wasn't just the 12 disciples. He loved the whole world. And he wanted to express that love to everyone and, and let everyone have access to him. But being limited in his human form, he could not do so. He could not be at all place at all once. But that's why in his spirit, he is omnipresent. The word omnipresence is being in multiple places at once. That is the spirit. That is the promise of the comfort that is given unto us. It is better because Jesus could be with every believer and he promises in scripture that, that, that he would always be with us. And it's impossible for me to be here and him be over there in the physical body. That's why it is more beneficial for him to have gone and for his spirit to be sent down for us to receive his Holy Spirit. And here, the book of Acts, we find them waiting to be in, in this room. We find them in the upper room waiting to be filled by the Holy Spirit through the promise that he said he was going to do. He said before, when I leave, I'm going to send my comforter. So some, some, some might suggest that, that it, as soon as he left, the, the Holy Spirit came right after. But it wasn't true. It's like, well, maybe, maybe he's just running a little late. Maybe, maybe it'll be three days and, you know, he, he resurrected three days. So maybe he's going to send the comfort three days later. Uh, no, it wasn't three days. It wasn't, it wasn't seven. It wasn't eight. But it was ten days approximately, ten days that they were waiting inside that room, waiting for that promise. Ten days in a place waiting for a promise to be received. We can't even wait for one hour. You guys get upset when you're in the drive-thru and they promise they're going to give you those french fries and, 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 and you become so impatient that you leave the line. Uh, no, I'm not talking about it here today. They waited 10 days in a room. Imagine everyone right now saying, hey, I got a promise from Jesus told me that he's going he's gonna to send his gift, the Holy Spirit, in this place and we just got to stay put. One by one, I'm telling you, I, people would drop like flies. Like, I got to go. I got things to do today. I got to barbecue later. I got to go to Disney. I got to go to Universal. I got to go to these places. I got to meet with family. I got to do this. I got to do that. I, I guarantee, I don't think anyone in this room will last 10 days, just to be honest. I could be wrong. You can stop me and say, I will, I do. 10 days, that's a lot of time. And... They waited in this room for the promise. And we, we have a problem with waiting. They waited. We would never have been able to do that. <laughs> Not in this generation. There's too much to do. Too much distractions, too many things. But they waited on the promise of the Lord. And we as people in this generation, this time of age, we do not wait to see the fulfillment of the promise of the Lord. I mean, we have the pioneers of faith, right? The, the, the father of faith who waited so many years. I mean, it was an old man to have his child, the promised child. 
I mean, you see the, the, over and over how God doesn't work in, in our time, but according to his plan and his purpose. For our plans are not above his. And he has the perfect time and the perfect moment and the perfect plan for our lives. So they're standing there believing. Like, we're, 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 you know, they probably have these, like, where is God? Where, where is his Holy Spirit? What is happening? And they had these questions even before. In Acts chapter 1, verse 7 through 8, it says this. It says, he said to them, it is not for you to know the time or dates the Father has set by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witness in Jerusalem, all of Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. I'll tell you one thing. We may not know when. But we can always rest assured that God is going to keep his word. If we see, if we continue to expand, we see that they were in the upper room, 10 days passed by. And what happens? The fulfillment of the promise happened. It says Acts chapter 2, as we read in the first scripture, it says that when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, like a blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. Now, I'm going to just, uh, just uh, emphasize on everything that just happened there because even though it's a short verse, there is a lot that happened in that moment. It's just like boom, 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 left, right, left, right. Everything happened at once. It says, suddenly they came a sound from heaven. The association of the sound is the rushing mighty wing filling the whole house with the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. In Hebrew and in the language of the Greek, the word spirit, as in the Holy Spirit, is the same word for breath or wind. This also happened to be true in the language of the Latin language. In the text, the sound from heaven was a sound of the Holy Spirit being poured out onto the disciples. The sound of this fast, mighty wind will make these men and women who knew the Hebrew scriptures and think of the presence of the Holy Spirit. Why? Because if they, they used to study the word of God. We don't do that no more. Not, not in this generation. But back then, that's all they had. The scrolls, the scribes, the, 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 the manuscripts of, of, the, of these sacred books. And they would memorize them and even, even uh, just have them memorized in their mind. That's how, I mean, it's crazy how they even remember. I can't even remember what I ate yesterday. And these people were memorizing books. I pray to God that I, I can have the gift one day to recite his scripture. There might be a day where our apps might not work and... Our Bibles might get burned. You, you never know what can happen. And, and the only word that you might have is the word that you have remembered. Church, we need to remember God's word. We need to remember God's promises. We need to remember what God said. Because if we won't remember, no one will do it for us. The world is not going to remind us of his goodness. They're going to remind us if God is good, then why he allows this to happen. But we got to remind them that, that come, come whatever may come, like Job said, though he slay me, I would trust in him. Reminded that everything has a season, that everything has a moment, a time. 
And these people, if, if they, they heard the sound like a mighty wind coming in, they, they would already have recollected the, the understanding of the Holy Spirit to a time where it happened before in the Scriptures. If they knew the Scriptures, they would have known that the Holy Spirit would, would come like a breath or a wind. In Genesis chapter 1, it says they would have remembered this, that the, script, the Spirit of, of God as the breath slash wind of God blowing over the waters over the earth that God just had created. They would also have remembered Genesis 2 verse 7. It is the Spirit of God that breathed slash wind of God blowing into the nostril of man. They would also have remembered uh, 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 just so many scriptures in, in, the, in the Bible about the Holy Spirit being compared to wind or breath. For that's the literal translation in those languages. Adam being, being formed was not enough. Adam being just a, 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 a clay, being just formed was not enough. He also had to be filled. And not just be filled, but have a purpose. And let's even bring it to Ezekiel 37, verse 9 and 10. It says that the Spirit of God, the breath of God, was moving over the dry bones of Israel, bringing them back to life and strength. And they stood a great army. We see the comparison how these contexts of, the, of this understanding of these words will resemble the, 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 the Holy Spirit. Passing over, bringing life, filling. Breath, wind, Holy Spirit. Something comes to life when you are filled with his spirit. This single line tells us so much about the spirit of God and how it moves and operates. It says suddenly. That means God can do whatever he wants to do whenever he wants to do it. And sometimes even us as church, we don't know how to be quiet. We don't know how to stop talking. We don't know how to, to be silent when the Lord wants to speak or say something. He can move suddenly. We know that something can happen. There's a sound, the real sound, that it, it cannot be touched, but it can be heard by the ears. The sound of the Holy Spirit. And it was from heaven. It wasn't of earth. It wasn't created. It wasn't manipulated. We have some places of worship in this generation who, who, who would throw glitter in the sky and say it's the Holy Spirit because they want to see something. I want to let you know, church and generation, listen to me. The Holy Spirit does not need our help. The Holy Spirit will do as it desires to do with us. The Holy Spirit will move and fill us as he desires. It don't need to be orchestrated. It don't need to be manipulated in any type of way. The Holy Spirit speaks for himself. I can stop this microphone and the Holy Spirit can speak to us. The greatest sermon you will ever hear. Even in silence, they were in the upper room. No one was preaching. They were waiting. They were filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke in tongues as a fire. But it wasn't tongues that said, bad, 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 sounding like a sheep. I'm serious. 
These tongues were not the tongues that many of us speak. These tongues were a true language that was spoken and could be understood. This is my first time talking about the Holy Spirit. It's a shame, to be honest. We should speak about the Holy Spirit more often. He's real. He's with us. He's our advocate. The Holy Spirit is in us. He desires to be in you. You know what we can do with God's Spirit in us? There's nothing that you can't not do. There's, there's things that we're called to do, but we're not filled with his Spirit. And you know what? We'll be accountable before the Lord one day. Why weren't you filled with my spirit? Why didn't you take time to read my scripture? Why didn't you get time to get to know me so I could fill you? Why didn't you make yourself available? I say before the presence of the Lord because it's true. The Holy Spirit is real. And he wants to dwell. It's the point of being the dwelling place, church, and we don't allow him to dwell in our lives, church. He wants to dwell. Many times we take the fire out of context. We pray for people and we say, fire, fire of God. The reality is that the fire that they speak of is a fire that would, that would represent purification. As a refiner that, 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 that makes pure gold, that can, a fire that can burn away everything that's temporary, leaving everything that will not last. It is an excellent illustration of the principle that the filling of the Holy Spirit is not just about power, it's not just about speaking in tongues, but it's about also purity. Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16, Do you not know that yourselves are God's temple and that God's Spirit dwells in your midst? The Holy Spirit demands purity and will consume us and bring us to repentance. This outpouring... It happened on a day that we now call the day of Pentecost. Prior to that, the name was, uh, was called Shavuot. I probably said it wrong, but God is good still. <laughs> it was a popular Jewish, uh, it was a popular Jewish tradition and believed that the, the, that the day of Pentecost was marked by a day that the law was given to celebrate uh, the, the law being given to them. Matthew chapter 5, verse 17, it says, do, do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have, come, I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. In the New Testament, what we celebrate the day of Pentecost is we declare the day that the church received the Holy Spirit. Jesus came to fulfill that law, and that is a true celebration. A celebration that took a place in front of people from different regions, different cultures, different languages. They all gathered and they all were in one, one place. 
And seeing the people speak in tongues, the languages that they were speaking, wasn't languages of their own, but, but someone else's language. And they couldn't comprehend why someone else was speaking their language when they were not from that origin or from that place. They couldn't understand. And the scripture says that the people said this. It says, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own language. You mean to tell me that the spirit of the Lord fell upon them and they were speaking a different language? Not just any language, the language to the people that were around in the region so that they can reach you. What, 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 what God won't do to reach us? He will make you speak a language you never spoke before. To reach the lost. I've done many missionary trips, my friends. And there was languages that I didn't know how to speak. But I spoke Jesus. I spoke what the Holy Spirit was telling to. Sometimes the greatest message is not what is spoken, it's what is done. He would know us by our fruits, by our works. Faith without deeds is dead. It's only possible through the Holy Spirit. And some of them made fun of them and said they had too much wine. See, I just find that funny because if it was in this generation, uh, we'll, we'll see what Peter says right now. I'll tell you right now. Peter gets up and he He's filled with the Holy Spirit. And he starts to address the people in response. And he says, no, they're not drunk. It's only 9 a.m. Peter doesn't know some of my friends. <laughs> I wrote that joke down. It was, <laughs> I, I thought it was a good joke, guys. Somebody says it's 5 o'clock somewhere. <laughs> or we, we're going to pray for you. <laughs> Peter says it's only, nine, it's only 9 o'clock in the morning. And he starts to explain to the people that are around. These are not drunk people. These are people that are filled with the Holy Spirit. Like the prophet Joel said. So what did the prophet Joel say? In the last days, well, I thought we were living in the last days now. That was a long time ago. My friends, the last days are here. And they were there too. There's a last day for everyone. It says, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servant, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. And I will show wonders in heaven above the signs on the earth below, blood and fire below of smoke. The sun will be turned into darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great glorious day of the Lord. Anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. 
Now, I know this might not sound like the most exciting messages that you might have heard. It might not have been the most entertaining one either. But I want to let you know that Peter spoke this message, and it says that he, when he preached this, it says that they were cut through the heart. It's the word of God. It says that the, the word of God is like a double-edged sword bringing life and death all at once. It confronts us with the truth. It brings to life what God desires to bring to life, and it kills our flesh. That is why it is imperative for us to read the scriptures daily. Because we need to die every single day to our flesh. For we do not wrestle against blood, but against the spirit, right? Of the rulers of the dark forces, right? We, 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 we don't do it against uh, 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 flesh and blood. It says that the message pierced through our hearts, their hearts. And you know, you know how many people received this message? Man, I'd be lucky sometimes if someone gives their life to Christ. But on that day, it said 3,000. About 3,000 people received this message. The message was, no, they're not drunk. They're, being, they're filled with the Holy Spirit. As it says in Joel, he talks about some of the, the Psalms that were written, and, and he just he preaches this beautiful message. Only could have been done through the Holy Spirit. Imagine in this scenario. Imagine after being filled with the Holy Spirit, speaking in these tongues, having tongues of fire. Imagine they all just stood in the room. That alone would have prevented 3,000 people from knowing Christ. If they would have just had stood in the room and not did anything with the feeling that they received. They shared the good news. And you know what? That was the start of the church. And it was spread like wildfire. And they were being persecuted. And the more they got persecuted, the more further out in the regions the gospel was expanded. It's crazy. It's beautiful. It's crazy. The sad thing is that many of us in this room have been filled with the Holy Spirit and have done nothing with what he has given us. You know, one time I was, and I don't mean so much to talk about things other than the word, but I just, we have to understand this. I was trying to do that, that thing that you do when you, you know, you're going to start to your right and you put that glass of water next to the bed because you're going to have a, a lemon and a water every morning right before you wake up. You know, you guys know what you're talking about. Am I the only one that's done that? You put the glass of water next to you. And so every day I'm going to drink, as soon as I wake up, I'm going to drink a cup of water. You know, starting to be, I'm going to meditate, pray, you know, I'm going to get the day right, you know. That works out. I'm all, you know, I got to go get gas in the morning. Uh, I got that one here too.
But you know that if you leave that cup of water, and I know this to be true, if you leave that cup of water long enough next to your bed, you know what happens to it? The water evaporates to the point that there's no more water. What once was full, no longer is full because nothing was done with it. It is possible to have a full cup and go dry. The Lord showed me this. This, uh, this cup over here, I don't, I'm going to bring this up a little bit. Sorry for this side of the church. It's just blocking. The Lord showed me these things. He showed me three cups. One of the cups was empty. One of the cups was half full. And the other cup was full. And the Lord asked me, Daniel, which one are you? It's kind of personal, God. So I started looking at the, the cups. And I'm like, maybe I'm empty. Maybe I'm half full. Maybe I'm full. And I started examining my life, and I started seeing which one of these cups represented my life. I realized that it wasn't just one cup, I was all three. I know this don't make no sense, but hear me, church. I live a full life. But what I do is I give what God pours out to me and I fill other people. And I'm like, look, you're full. I see someone else that needs a filling and I go I'm going to give you everything that I got and notice how this cup right here the full one took the shape of each and every one of these cups I found myself in doing ministry loving God pouring myself my life out to people and leaving myself empty giving everyone the best of me and leaving me with the rest of me, leaving my family, leaving my fiance, my friends, with just a grouchy young man who was just tired. You ever see your, your pastor snap on you? It's not because he's mean, it's because he's tired. You ever see someone who's tired? We're not supposed to be any of these, to be honest with you guys. I know everybody thinks this is the answer. I want to be a full cup. Yeah, that's me. That's the full cup. But that's not the answer either. The Lord told me three things about the empty cup. The empty cup is you did nothing with the filling that I allowed you to, to, to receive. And over time, it evaporated. Some of you guys have closed your lives to receiving the outpouring of his Holy Spirit. And every time the Holy Spirit wants to pour onto you, 
You, you block it because you're afraid to get hurt by the church again. You're afraid to trust people. You're afraid that God's going to fill you to your capacity. You're afraid that God's going to do great things with you. And you cannot see yourselves failing in being something great. last one was to pour out all of you into other people, leaving yourself with nothing. The empty cup. The half cup is a cup that does the bare minimum to get by. You go to church on Sunday? Check. You attend Facebook Bible study? Check. You go to some of the C groups? Check. You, you feed the community? Check. You check the marks off, but you do just enough to maintain not dry, half full. And this full cup, it looks good. And that's how we should all be. Psalms 23 verse 5, it says that you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. Listen to this. My cup runneth over. Church, our lives, we need to live lives, not that are empty, not that are half full, not even that are full. We need to live lives that are overflowing. And you know what I learned as pastor? As a pastor, I learned that I don't give what's inside my cup. I give what falls out of my cup. I don't give what's inside my cup. I give what falls out of my cup. Why? Because God is fresh outpouring daily. When you receive the power of God in your life and you receive what God wants to do, you realize, I don't have to empty myself. I'm going to give you what God already has given me because his, I'm connected to the fountain of living water. I believe that the Lord wants to fill his people. I believe he wants them to be equipped to do his work. I believe he wants to fill, to, to fill them with joy. He wants to fill them with uh, love. He wants to fill them with patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness. Oh, my God, faithfulness. Church, do we have faithful people anymore? People that can just come to church, people that can serve God, people that can show up and get their hands dirty inside the community. There's a big need in our community. It's too big for Carlos and Milagro. We need to get our hands dirty too. Full of self-control. The reality is when you allow the Holy Spirit to fill your life, there is really no room for anything else. Wonder why we are fall falling short why we are, why we continue to, 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 to leave room. It says, the scriptures literally said, do not give the enemy a foothold. You know what? This looks full, but there's still some room. When it's overflowing, it's continuously pouring out. There is no room for the enemy in my life. There is no room for anxiety. There's no room for stress. There's no room for disappointment. There's no room because I'm connected to the water that keeps He said, drink from me and you shall never thirst again. He told that, that, that woman, right? Woman by the well. What happened? 
And it's possible to go thirsty again if you, if you disconnect from him. What does that mean? The same way you could be filled with the spirit of God is the same way that you could be empty. And what I mean by empty is not that you lose the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit dwells with us. He, he desires to be with us. What happens is that we don't fill ourselves with him. He is always available and, and wants to be inside of us. But we have to give him the room. We sang a song on Thursday. It says, make room. And I was like, oh, man, another confirmation. We want to make room for you. Psalm chapter 1 says, blessed is the one who does not walk and step, in the, step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sits in the company of mockers. But those who delight in the law of the Lord and who meditate in, on his law day and night, that person is like a tree planted by the streams of water which yield its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither and whatever they do prospers. I'm tired of living an empty life, church. God wants to fill this house beyond our understanding. When people go to, 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 to get healing, their first result should not be a hospital. I know it sounds crazy. It sounds a little extreme, right? Oh, no, no. Go rush to the hospital. We'll pray for you over there. I grew up in the old school where you call grandma to come over here and lay hands. And when you call the church into intercession, hey, this just happened. I need everybody to pray right now. And everyone will stop to do what they were doing to pray for that person. That is what the body of Christ is like. And you know what I realized, church? I realized that this whole time, we weren't being filled. We were being formed. The testing of our faith produces perseverance. I believe this church has been tested beyond your understanding. You're sitting on a church that has been tested. I'm talking about tested. I'm talking about tested. You don't know the weight of the word tested. This church and this ministry has been tested. God only knows. The things that you know and you don't know, it has been tested. But I want to let you know that every test that we received, we were formed. To receive in the next level of faith, of forgiveness, of understanding, of even miraculous work. We can, God can never get our minds to get to the place of we can really do this unless he puts us in the place that you have to do it. That was good. I'm not going to say it again because I'm going to mess it up. I believe that God is getting ready to transition this church from a forming season. What God forms, he, and he gives what? Church, the form is ready. We got the form of the building. We look like a church. Now we need to receive what God has for us, and that is his Holy Spirit. You know what happened after that? Peter walks by this man and he says, Gold and silver I have not. Well, what I have, I give it to you in the name of Jesus. Imagine us walking like that. You know why? Because he was filled with the Holy Spirit. When you're filled with the Holy Spirit, nothing else matters. 
Would you stand with me today, church? On the day of Pentecost, it was just like our day today, except they were sitting, and I just told you guys to stand, so it's cool. I hope you understood the message today. The message is to live a full life, but not just full, live an overflow. Don't pour yourself out empty so there's no more you. You know what I mean? I'm not talking about like you as in a person, as an individual. God has, you know, we, we want to sometimes over-spiritualize things, but God has also given us character. God has given us sense of humor. God has given us qualities that are going to bring people to Christ. So I want you guys to also think about this, that you were, you were created in his likeness and his image. You're just a different part of him. We are all part of the body. Many members make up this body. We all have different function, different gifts. And when you receive this, you receive what he has for you. So today I want to talk to all three. Maybe your life is empty and you need a filling, something extraordinary to happen in your life. Say, God, fill me up right now. I'm dealing with this and this and this. God, I need your filling in my life. That might be some people in this house. Some of you guys might have been coming every week and you're getting filled a little bit, filled a little bit there, and, and it's, just, it's just not enough. Today, say, God, I am in need of you. And the one who thinks you're full, I want to let you know there is more where that came from. So church, I just want to have a moment to repent. I want a moment to go before Christ and say, Christ, am I bearing the call that you have on my life? I know you want to fill this house. Can you fill me too? Because I believe this church, that miracles will happen. That testimonies of healing will happen. That people will literally be saved, not only by in salvation, but also physically. I believe that there will be, there will be a, a suicide that will be stopped. I believe that there will be people that were tormented from childhood that will come into this place and be set free. Come on, church. That is the church. That is the church. That is the church of Acts that we read about. That is the church that God desires for us to be. The church that people can call on to when they can't go to the government, when they can't go to, to their friends and their parents and their cousins and their aunties, and they don't, they don't have nobody else, and they come to try one more thing. Let Jesus be our first resort and our last. Let when we receive news that we pray about it first and before talking to people about it. Today, Lord, you do as you please. Church, I'm going to pray. And wherever you find yourself, that's between you and God. But like I said, God wants to fill the house. It's up to you whether you receive the filling of the outpour of the Holy Spirit. Can you receive it? Can you receive forgiveness today? Can you receive peace today? Can you receive joy today? Can you receive rest today? Church, the Lord wants to pour out. The book of Joel, he says he will pour out on all people. So Father, we thank you, Lord. We thank you for this word. 
And we understand, my God, that you are sovereign. And we pray, my God, that right now, Lord, my God, I don't have no power, Lord, my God. I don't have no authority if it's not given from you, Lord, my God. But right now, Lord, my God, someone in this house came in empty, my God. Someone in this house, my God, came in, my God, just just with a with a little, they need a, just a little bit more of you, Lord, my God. Someone in this house, my God, needs all of you, Lord, my God. But wherever they are, my God, you said that you will reach them, my God. And there's nothing in this world that can separate them from your love, my God. It don't matter where they've been. It don't matter what they've done. All that matters is that right now they say yes to you, Lord, and they say fill me, Lord, my God. Fill me, Lord, my God. I'm in need of your filling, my God. It is only through your filling, my God, that I can get over these addictions, my God, that I can get over this hurt, this trauma, Lord. It's only through your filling, my God, that I'm able to, Lord, have peace in my heart, my God, that I'm able to forgive, Lord, my God, that I'm able to believe, oh God. Let us be filled with your Holy Spirit, Lord, my God. That, Lord, my God, that we will be like a, like a city, my God, that God, like a light on a hill, Lord, my God, a city on a hill, my God, that it cannot be hidden, Lord. Let us go into places and people will know that Christ is in us, Lord. Let people have, give us hugs, Lord, my God, and let us be good representatives of you, Lord. Let us no longer play with who we, are, we pretend to be, Lord, my God, but let us be really a church who really cares, who really cares about what you think, who really knows that we all will be judged one day, that we will all go before the Father. And you will either tell them, my God, that I never knew you are a good and faithful servant. Lord, this is the truth of your gospel, Lord. It is full of love. The scripture is full of love, Lord, my God, but it's also full of warning, Lord. And I pray that today we would incline our ears to heaven. And, Lord, if we're stiff-necked, that you will fix our neck, Lord, my God, right now. And that we would just, just incline our understanding and our lives to you, Lord, my God. If we're stubborn, my God, every spirit of stubbornness, my God, will leave right now, Lord, my God. Everything, my God, that is refraining us from reaching you, Lord, has no power and no authority, my God. And Satan has to loosen his grip over some people's lives in this house, Lord, my God, because he has no part or authority in their lives. And today they will be set free and they will be united with our King of kings and Lord of Lord, Lord Yeshua, we call out to you and we are asking, Lord, that you will pour out your spirit on all flesh, Lord, my God. That your spirit, my God, be like the rushing mighty wind that we read about, Lord. But even in the silence, I know that you move, Lord, my God. I know that you're here. I know that you're transforming, that you're changing lives. I know that this message, my God, will fall on solid ground, Lord. Because it's not Daniel inspired, Lord, it's God inspired. Lord, my God, today, Lord, I remove myself, and I allow you to do what you do. And I ask you, Lord, my God, that your people would know you, not just what they speak about you, Lord, my God, but truly have an encounter with you, a personal understanding of you, Lord, my God. You have so many names, Lord, my God. In this moment, I want to show you guys something. Everybody's story is different. Some of you guys know God as a provider, as a healer, as a way maker, as a strong tower. Right now, I want you guys to just shout what God is for you. And, and I'm, I'm going to count to three because I want you guys to hear the different names. Because I may know God as a healer, but you, you know God as a restorer. And if you don't know God... This is the good news. Receive it.
God is madly in love with you, that he desires to be with you, in you, and for you. So today, think about who God is right now. And I want you guys to shout out who God is right now with me. I got to think about it for a second because he's so many things to me. But I'll tell you what he is for me before you go. God is a good father. Yes, he is. On the count of three, we're going to go ahead and say what God is us to us. One, two, three. You're a good father. I don't know what any of you guys said. I'm sure it was wonderful. But know that that's your truth. And that's what you have to testify. It's no longer us being a full church and empty inside. We must be full church, full by the Spirit. Go out to the four corners. Preach about his man named Jesus who died on the cross in Calvary. I'm an evangelist. You know I'm going to say this. He died on the cross in Calvary so that me and you will receive life. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that who shall ever believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. I believe that we will live forever with the King of kings and the Lord of lords. This is a temporary place, and we will have a day to be before the King and be with him in celebration. God bless you all. Rejoice with me, church, for the Lord is near, and he is with those who call unto him. God bless you, church.